Welcome along to the Loose Joints podcast presented by myself, Niall or Nine, and this is uh, Sally beside me. How are you doing? All right. All right. I'm excited now with, with this little swashbuckling debonair <laughs> little trickster in the studio with us this evening. We've got a guest, as you might have guessed. <laughs> um, his name is Ushin Davis, a booze and crack enthusiast. That's the best way to describe me. I think, you know, to be relatively politically correct, that's not a bad way to, to describe what I do for a living anyway. Okay. You know, sure, that doesn't make up who we are, but you know, a good portion of your existence is down to your to your work. So that's how people tend to be described. You know? Okay. So what you do for a living? So maybe you just expand on that a little bit. Like what basically, is, what the is best life ever. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I work. I suppose. Look, I work a few days a week uh, as a consultant for drinks companies. I work for big companies like Jemison, and then I've worked for smaller companies as well. So I've worked with small beer breweries and cider producers and vodka producers and gin producers um, and then I spend the rest of my time uh, working on my tonic water which is poachers so I brought that out in May so I try and do about one or two days a week on that and then I spend my, the rest of my working week on the festivals which are, are all uh, focused on promoting Irish drinks and uh, that's basically what I do. It'd be about five, six days a week, right there. Yeah. You know, so it's everything's to, all my work is to do with booze. Yeah. Uh, you know, up until I basically, when I got out of school, every every job I've done since I actually just yeah just got out of school has been either entertainment or booze related. And uh, then I suppose about about five years ago, for maybe four or five years, yeah, four or five years ago now. Uh, I just focused entirely on booze. I just love booze, you know. <laughs> I really and do. It's, it's it's really unfortunate that you're you're no crack at I all. Know, isn't I, it? know, I know, I know. I mean, you really need that's that. That's the only drawback. Really. It really is. That you're really totally is. crack toast intolerant. I know. I know. I just I just wish I was given the blessed with the crack gene. You know, it's it's such it's such a tease to uh, have such a love for gargle and have no crack in me. Like, what well, I don't uh, know. Not a cracky bone in, in your body. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we won't be asking you too much about booze tonight. Um, we'll be asking. I, you I know. Actually, I was going to bring some booze. So I thought you know something. I won't. Because I'm doing sober. Oh, okay. Well, there you have it. Yeah. So that's me. That's so me. I, I'm just going to leave now. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm the. Um, I'm the um, no, I figured. I figured actually, it, it'd probably be a purer podcast if there wasn't gargle because I actually because I, I go on the radio every Thursday with Tom Dunn on News Talk. Yeah. And we don't. We've been doing this for a few years now. Uh, we started off with with George Byrne. Um, doing the movie reviews, George would do the movie reviews, and I'd make cocktails. And, um, you know, George is no longer with us, you know, may the Lord rest his soul, he was a great bloke. Um, and now we do it with Rory Cashin, another fantastic guy. And it's the same format, we, uh, we go on News Talk every week, we do the movie reviews, and I make drinks. So I was going <laughs> to, by force of habit, I was yeah, going to bring just some like, drinks oh, with studio, me. I must I get like, drinks. Yeah, because I was actually, I had to go on Today FM the other day for, for work, and it was in the morning, and I, I even had this strange urge to go get something from my drinks cabinet when I was out in there. I was like, oh, no, I I'm not doing that now because it's, it's, that's half nine in the morning on a Sunday and I shouldn't really be drinking. Yeah. So I decided, no, actually, it'd be nice to do some kind of broadcast that doesn't have any gargle in it. So here we well, are. This is my first time well, you're welcome. doing well. anything that's <laughs> broadcasted uh, at this time of night and there's no drink involved. I know, and it's a night one, and it's a, we could have we actually made it kind of crack. I we'll have you again. Yeah, yeah I, I can... We can do a drunken po podcast sometime. That'd I've, be do, good I've crack. done one of those. I'm, do you I'm remember sure. the Christmas Eve that you were in the yeah, studio yeah, yeah, with yeah, us? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We left that rolling, and <laughs> yeah, that, was, yeah. that made some very entertaining New Year's <laughs> yeah. uh, listening for us. I, I think I think I went. To, I walked in. And I, I had like seven points down in Grogan and said, "I want to hear. I want a boob job for Christmas. Play that song because <laughs> I'm so sober right now." We um we had uh, 
we had Prosecco and Buckfast and we were serving oh, them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called Lady and the Tramp. And we drank <laughs> a lot of that. Yeah, well, and that we left it rolling and uh, we listened back to it a few uh, days. Good uh, old afterwards. radio, mate. <laughs> it was hilarious. Radio, mate. Absolutely well, hilarious. It was a dangerous situation to be in. Dangerous place to be in. It's a dangerous place to be <laughs> Above in. Above Grogan's. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that was the beauty of radio, yeah. mate. We Their were location. always hammered. You can hear our podcast. We start <laughs> off together. We're eating crisps. And the end of it, we're like, we'll see you later. Thanks for listening. Always jarred by the time we got down to Grogan's. And that's why radio presenters love having you in because they have an excuse to have a drink. Yeah. That's what you know. See what the history of me and Tom um, making drinks on radio stems from when Tom used to have the uh, the the morning slot on News Talk. Um, you know, he was doing ten to twelve for about a year or two. Actually, more than that. Sorry, he's good for years doing from ten a.m. to twelve p.m. Anyway, he used to have me on every Friday uh, doing some kind of crazy food and drink related stuff. Uh, with his wife, Audrey, who's an amazing chef. And it would only be, say, 10 or 15 minutes stop. It'd be great crack. And I'd always try and get some, sneak some booze in there because technically you're not supposed to talk about drink at like, you know, half 10 on, on a Friday yeah. morning on, on national radio. <laughs> but I'd always sneak it in anyway. And we always used to enjoy that. But then, um, so he was bumped up to the 10 p.m. slot. And his, his attitude was, well, you know something, um, we have a lot more time to play around with, you know, when we're looking at, you know, having you on now. And, you know, we're going to incorporate movies into it and we can drink. And I was like, I'm all over this. <laughs> we, we can do this all the time. So, yeah, we've been doing that stuff for a couple of years now. And it's like movie reviews and me making a cocktail. Initially, what we did was we used to uh, pick films that had cocktails in them and I'd oh, make yeah. those cocktails. So everything from like, say, movies like Casablanca or Top Gun, yeah. you know, and we find to find a cocktail in a movie. And then I'd make them all and we'd drink them all. But um, unfor- we, unfortunately, it took us about, I'd say about nine months or a year to cover every single cocktail ever made in the film. We've, we've, we've done them all. You <laughs> all, know? all, the, all we've the literally done them all. all yeah, the yeah. Wow. Uh, so that's good crack. Good crack indeed. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we're not going to talk too much more about booze, but whatever comes up. Because I'm up. actually lepping for drinking. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's really unfair. This is day 11. Jeez. Yeah. Day 11. Day well 11. Good for you. Good for you. Well, Oshin, what Loose Joints is actually about is, is music mostly. Um, and uh, as the name describes it, it's a mix of all sorts of music. And I think we have a lot of very different music coming up there's on, a big, on this there's, podcast. There's a big, yeah, this is a, this is a really uh, a different one when I saw your choices earlier on. Because I, I, I just figured <laughs> you'll just... Bring five Moondog tracks in and you just want us <laughs> yeah. to play five Moondog tracks. Oh, jeez, I love Moondog. You really I, do. I, I need to do my Moondog Mondays again. I used to do Moondog that for ages. Moondog Monday. You should have a margarita on Monday. Oh, man. I love Moondog. And my uncles uh, and a lot of my relations are back in America, like, used to see him all the time. He was like, yeah. you know, he was there on 6th Avenue and he'd just be there performing. Like, and he, look, I could talk about Moondog all night. Let's, let's, let's not I thought we were going one. to talk about Moondog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I thought that's the way this podcast <laughs> and, and, and now we have, and yeah. we have. But uh, our first choice uh, on this podcast is for you, Sally. Yes, um, it's uh, uh, it's uh, Eve uh, Tumor again. Um, yeah, we played my... some Eve Tumor on our first uh, podcast. We did, and he's uh, he's he's got his album is out now. It's called Rolling Creation. It's on uh, Pan Records, and the the album itself, sorry, is called Serpent Music. Serpent Music. Um, there's about ten tracks in it. This is the second best. Last week was the best. The best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is the best. And um, uh, yeah, it's called Rolling Creation, and I really like it. Okay, well, let's give it a spin. So this is uh, Eve's two more with uh, Rolling Creation. Thank you. 
It is the Loose Joints podcast, and that is a uh, role in creation by Eve's Two More. Sally's choice today. Sally? Yes. Yeah, how many good? Um, it's disappointing. <laughs> it's, we've, we've heard the best two songs on it, have we? It's disappointing. It's, um, they would suggest a lot more um, mystery and crack, but essentially, um, I, I was going to use a very rude term there, which you shouldn't, which boys use for when they're brought to a certain point um, I was brought to a certain point with this, with this album um, <laughs> it turned a certain colour <laughs> but <laughs> I, um, it, it's, it's, it's grand but yeah it just I, I, I was a little disappointed but they're two nice tunes anyway the ones they're two had. really gorgeous tunes and um, I just love everything that's going on in them I think it's uh, yeah. I just uh, I want to know more about him I'd like yeah. to see him cool Alright, uh, Oshin, your first choice, uh, your first new music pick is uh, from James Vincent McMorrow, a song called Rising Water. Tell yeah. me a bit about why you picked James. Well, I'll tell you why. Um, okay, so before I was a, a full-time booze degenerate, I ran, I set up and ran the Sugar Club from 1999 to 2012. So, during that period, I saw a huge amount of Irish, Irish acts come along and, you know, if an act was really good... They would say um, have their first gig in, in in a really small venue, and then they might, you know, get their second gig in the Sugar Club, their third gig in Wheelands, and then if they were going somewhere else, then they, you know, going somewhere bigger, they might get the Olympia, you know. Um, but sometimes you would get acts who would just kind of do. I would call it as like the, the Bermuda Triangle of gigs, you know. They would do, you know, uh, a couple of different shows in a couple of different venues wear out their crowd kind of very quickly, you know, um, and never really progress and then you'd forget about them, you know. So you'd have to be, you'd have to have a kind of healthy degree of scepticism every time a new act came along and uh, someone was getting behind them and getting really enthusiastic and getting really into into a band or a performer or an artist. And um, I remember it when uh, James Vincent McMorrow was introduced to me. He was very shy, quiet bloke. Um but he had some great management behind him, and I think he still does. I think still, I think Ken Allen still looks yeah, after him. Yeah, great yeah, bloke. Right. And I, I just, you know, it was nice. I introduced him and set them all up, and went back up to the office, listened to them sound check, and I was like, oh, Jesus, that's good, you know. And I walked out from. If usually if, if a band was really good, you know, I'd I'd bother my arse to get out of the office and listen to the rest of the sound check, you know. So that's exactly what I did. I was like, geez, this guy's really good. And I remember thinking to myself, God, I hope to fuck now he doesn't get stuck in what I call the Bermuda Triangle of yeah. gigs, you know. Uh, and thankfully he hasn't, you know. He's yeah, he done amazing he's work. He's doing really well. He's yeah, he's quite done, the opposite. Yeah, he's, <laughs> but he's done brilliantly. He's got two dates coming up in the Sydney Opera House. Um, and oh, uh, brilliant. So uh, you know, he's doing pretty well for himself. He's no, doing, he's doing, he's doing really. Doing I'm, I'm annoyed he, that. Uh, I mean, I just missed him. He was just last week, I think it was, yeah, he did in the, the National, National Stadium. Stadium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Like literally within crawling distance of my gaff. But anyway, um, so I actually struggled. When when you sent this to me, you know, two new songs that you really like, I actually genuinely struggled to pick two new songs that I like because I am, I mean, I have a lot of old school tendencies in everything about my life, you know. Uh, and you're really busy. So and you- I, well, yeah, I am. And to be fair, I guess when I was in the show club, I had to, I had to be much more in tune with music, you yeah. know, and I had to know exactly who was doing what. Yeah. And because I don't have to do that anymore, uh, I tend to not to listen to a huge amount of new music, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. Um, so I struggled. I was like, Jesus, you know, what new songs uh, do I actually like? You know, I had to really kind of like, you know, dig deep. And then, you know, 
didn't take long for me to kind of to to realize actually I've been listening to a lot to to James Vincent McMorris new album there you go had to get that one in you know and this is a great song I mean yeah. it's 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 great and the video is really beautiful isn't it it's deadly and see so what I love uh, about this, the production a route that he's taken here is that it's it's just really rich. Uh, but it isn't overly plinky plonky, you know. Well, you uh, can, it isn't kind of overly hear, reliant on electro either. It's there's there's lots of kind of natural. You can tell he's really into R and B. You can tell yeah. you can mm. you can hear it. You can hear. It I think this is the first time you can really hear that influence. And also, yeah. Yeah. the producer yeah. is a guy called 1985 uh-huh. yeah. who produced uh, like Drake's two of Drake's biggest hits. Oh, brilliant! Hot All right, Bling, and what was the other one? Uh, um, oh, One Dance. I think he was involved in One Dance as well. Oh, uh, right, so, right, right. So like and big pedigree in okay. terms of R and B and pop and. Uh, and kind of you can hear that in the beat certainly in uh, across the album. Um, but we'll give it a spin anyway. This is James Winston McMorrow with Rising Water. Make me feel 
That is James Mike Morrow and a song called Rising Water from his album We Move. Um, I actually, the first time I think I saw James Mike Morrow, I actually, before I actually saw him, I was confusing him with somebody else, an English singer-songwriter for many, like about six months, and I was like, God, that guy is shit. And then I saw him <laughs> in, in the Academy supporting Rain Machine, I think, uh, which is one of the guys from TV on the radio. And I was like, oh. Different guy. Now I get it. <laughs> I just hadn't heard anything. Um, this was just bef- this was before the album even came out, the first album, and uh, so I just thought he was somebody else. <laughs> and, then, and it was a guy, and then he rocked up with a guitar and a beard, and I was like, and a flannel shirt, and I was like, yeah, this seems about right. Someone I can't remember the English guy, but it was like James Mac something or James something. James oh, Double James was, Double Barrel there was, Falsetto. Um, there was a guy that I, I kept thinking it was a like a uh, what you call it um, what's X Factor. Was like at that era where he May, was kind yeah. of extracted. Oh, yeah, yeah, I think there was a guy with a similar name. Yeah, yeah. So when I realised it wasn't him, easily done. Yeah, I was. <laughs> Luckily, it happened sooner rather than later. Anyway, he's. Luckily, t- it happened before you went up to him and said, "You're shit." It was actually the wrong geezer. So he's. Uh, well, that's from that song. Uh, Rising Water is from James's third album, and it's called uh, "We Moved." There's actually been loads of albums come out in the last uh, month. Um, I went like away that. on holidays uh, a couple of weeks ago. And when I came back, there was loads of albums to, to delve into, including uh, Bonnie Vare's new album. Uh, I've been really enjoying the new one from Danny Brown. Um, Nicholas Jarre released an album as well, uh, Banks. And uh, then uh, this lady, my pick for uh, for this week uh, to kick off my picks is from Solange. And it is the album is called um, A Seat at the Table, which is a surprise released at the end of September. Um, it's top of the puzzle in more ways than one. It's actually, it, it was US number one. When it came out, she went straight to number one. Yeah, yeah that's brilliant. Unusual. Um, I guess it's an interesting album for because it's a lot about uh, race and being black in America. About it's very personal. It's very political. Um, she describes it as a project on identity, empowerment, independence, grief, and healing. Um, where Beyonce maybe is into big flashy gestures and uh, visuals, uh, Solange uh, seems to prefer much more understated. Yeah. Restrained approach, mm. and therefore, um, it's not the most immediate album in the world, but um, it is 
does have a lot of power to it. I like I like it better that it's it's very powerful, but it's not aggressive. Yeah, I think it's the right time for an album uh, for a place like America right now, which is clearly a lot of people shouting at each other from opposite sides, right. and this is a, a much more restrained, soft. No, she's more yeah. of an artist. Approach. Beyonce's a brand, you know. Yeah, <laughs> you can't really get yeah. get beyond that really with her, you know. Yeah, everything that that Beyonce does is put through a microscope you know it's part of a massive brand and yeah I mean I'm that's I know that's a rant in itself but <laughs> I, I don't get that vibe from Salon she I think she's more of an artist she's more of a, yeah she's yeah. got a she's got a more, more of her own identity approach. anyway well yeah. the album is definitely an artistic statement in lots of ways and it, it has interludes from people like Master P talking about um, building himself up we have uh, her, her parents actually talking about what it's like so there's a lot of um while it's uh, racially charged in terms of their black experience, it's kind of um, it does give you something that maybe you haven't heard before, and it's interesting in a way for me because uh, I don't know if you you heard Dev Hines' album this mm-hmm. year, Blood Orange, similar in that uh, vein. It's kind of using your family and using your experiences to kind of talk about larger issues, which is maybe the Black Lives Matter or the uh, what's going on in terms of. Uh, race in America. So, um, but on the album itself, uh, production is by Raphael Sadiq, and guests include Sampha, Lil Wayne, Kalela, The Dream, Sean Nicholas Savage, Q-Tip, and, and then the likes of Quez, uh, Chairlift, uh, Kindness, Dirty Projectors, Dave Longstreet, and much, much more help out. I'm going to play a, tr- a little bit in a second from a song called Juni, which features Andre 3000. Oh, um, but have you been listening to the album, Sally? Yeah, I I really like the Sampa track. Um, I really like the chorus in it. I, it didn't hit me as immediately as it, uh, I kind of wanted more from it, but then I'm I'm a greedy bastard. And I... Uh, it's going to be a grower. I know that. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm just getting into it now. I feel, and uh, I'm really starting to enjoy it. So uh, we'll play a track. Uh, this is uh, Junie from Solange. First one's a fool, will be a I'm 
On the Loose Joints podcast, that is Solange with a song called Junie, and uh, that was my choice, 909. And uh, we're going to move along to Oshin's choices now. Not new <laughs> music, but some interesting ones. Um, maybe uh, we, we asked you to pick a, a tune or a band that takes you back to your youth the most, and you picked... The Message by Grandmaster Flash, yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, the reason is because I, I'm actually half Yank. Um, apparently, you can hear it in my voice sometimes. Um, I don't think you can. I, I, I don't know. I came here when I was 10. I grew up in Jersey City till I was 10. My father was a Yank and my mother's from Dublin. And we left in the 80s because it was getting very rough. My parents split up. And um, the first day I went to school in, in, in Dublin, it was in Ranelagh, um, uh, I asked the teacher, can I please go to the bedroom? And uh, at break then, an hour later, a gang of kids from Charman Street Flats beat the shit out of me because I said, We don't say <laughs> we don't say batch and we say jacks. <laughs> and I got like, you know, digs for that, you know. So maybe that's why I, I lost my American accent uh, quite quickly. But anyway, yeah, I grew up in the States till I was ten. I grew up in Jersey City, uh, which to this day, as far as I know, is the most ethnically diverse city in all of America, thus making it one of the most ethnic, ethnic ethnically uh diverse cities in all the world. Um and uh there was a huge amount of hip hop that was just kind of coming of age, really, you know, finding its feet uh, in New York and, and, you know, it's those immediate areas such as Jersey City. And uh, the street that I grew up on, I'd say about about 40% of it uh, was African-American and the rest then was like, you know, little bits of Italians and Irish and Polish people and then kind of, you know, Asians and stuff. Mm. Um, but there would always be a lot of hip-hop, you know, and I always really loved it. And... My next door neighbor, his mother was from Moore Street, so they were these these were real Irish people, you know, and there was like these rules of our our road, and I suppose the rules of Jersey City in general. And if you were white, you couldn't listen to hip hop, you know. Um, and I remember even going back in the nineties and and driving with one of my cousins, going through certain areas, like, and uh, if you went through a Latino area, you couldn't play hip hop. If you went through uh, a white area couldn't play hip hop, and then of course, if you're going through a white area, you had to play rock or you had to play whatever, you know. Um, but anyway, uh, hip hop was really kind of coming of age. This is there's this. It was an amazing bit of music. My father hated it, um, you know. Uh, and then of course, the white kids pretended not to like it. I thought it was great. And every time I hear the uh, the message by Grandma's Flash. It all comes back to me, like you know Marcel Proust, the uh, the French writer, when he talks about the Madeleine. He, you know, he smells the Madeleine coming to the bakery, mm-hmm. and his entire life comes flashing back towards him. That's what this song does to me. Like what, what, like when I hear this tune, or we hear other kind of hip hop tunes from that era, I can just, I can, I can kind of taste the air in Jersey City again as a kid. Uh, the biting kind of cold winds of the winter, and then like the really hot summers, the really super hot, humid summers of Jersey City, um, and uh, you know all the sights and the smells and uh, all the memories of that era. So that's what that's why I suppose when I saw that question pop up, I was like, okay, is there is there going to ever going to be like one particular tune that will evoke that for me? You know, bring back my childhood. Definitely, then the message because it was the one. It was out of all the hip hop tunes that were coming coming out around then, and that people were playing on their beatboxes or playing out of their cars, 
defiantly sometimes. Uh, that was the one that was out here the most, you know. And there'd be a bit of a Run DMC, things like that too, you know, the Sugar Hill Gang. Um, but it's stuck and it's actually timeless. It's such yeah, a good tune, you absolutely. know. Absolutely. Yep. You can't argue with that. No, <laughs> let's play, play a bit of the message. Guess I got no choice. Rats in the front room, roaches in the back, junkies in the alley with the baseball bat. I tried to get away, but I couldn't get far. Cause a man with the touch of repossessed my car. Don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Standing on the front stoop, hanging out the window, watching all the cars go by, roaring as the breezes blow. A crazy lady living in a bag, eating out of garbage pails, used to be a fag hag, such a dance to tango, skipped the life and dango, a zircon princess, seemed to lost her senses, down at the peep show, watching all the creeps, so she could tell her stories, took the girls back home, she went to the city and got so, so, so ditty, she had to get a pimp, she couldn't make it on her own, don't push me, cause I'm close to the edge, I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. It's like a jungle sometimes. It makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Grandmaster Flash and the message. Um, he played here recently, didn't he? Yeah. He did, actually. Yeah, yeah, I missed him. yeah, yeah. Did you play before? I didn't. I played before him, and uh, it was very funny. He, they, um, They came up to me and they're like, okay, so when Flash comes on the stage, you're going to have to leave the stage. Am I right? I was like, okay, and we'll give you a warning. I was like, that's okay, no worries. And then I could see him sort of hanging around the sides. And I was like, I found that gig kind of weird. Anyway, like I was very nervous. Yeah. It was a big stage, big setup. And I don't know why, but I just got a little freaked. And a friend of mine was in the audience and she came up to me and she was like, smile, can you smile? Or like, you look really freaked. And then you know when somebody tells you, it's like somebody saying, yeah. calm down. And you're yeah. like, I'm grand, I'm calm. She was like, smile. And I was like, what? Like I couldn't hear her. And it took me ages to figure out what she was saying. And she was like, smile, you look really grumpy. And I was like, obviously I realized I was just very nervous. And I thought I wasn't, you know. Yeah. Happens, you, you always think you're not going to be nervous at gigs. And then sometimes you're like, bollocks, I'm really shitting it now. In fairness, <laughs> that's a good one. But you're he came, he's at the side of the, side of the stage. And next thing he's over my shoulder and he's like, what you doing? What you playing? Uh. That's a nice track. Oh, David Bowie. All right. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, Jesus, lad. Oh, was he all right? He was really oh, nice. Right. But um, he, he said something like, keep going or something. And then I played another track. And then he said... 
okay, that's it. Thank you, Sally. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, cool. And he was like, you can stop that now. And I, I just assumed he'd want to just mix it out and yeah. and play away. And he, and he didn't. He was like, can you stop that now? You know? <laughs> but he gave me like three shout outs. He's like, give it up for Sally Cinema. And I was like, oh, no big deal. No big deal. But he, um, I, look, it's money for all rope for these lads. They turn up. Yeah. They literally... They they just opened their laptop to where they were in uh, Berlin yeah, last yeah. night yeah, yeah. and like it really they and also I think sometimes I get this I don't know if you figure if you don't think about this about gigs you go to gigs sometimes to see people and they think we're a little naff do you know what I mean like they don't really know the yeah. scene and they go okay predominantly white Catholic you know country <laughs> let's hit them with the and and they play kind of. Na- Naff stuff where you're like, ah, no, come on, like we, 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 we can handle it. You <laughs> we know, need like to it's hear ha- House of Pain jump around. <laughs> we don't yeah, need to hear Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah, just like ah, lads, no, come on, treat treat us to, to to stuff. You know, we're not that hunky. Like you know, yeah. it's okay. We can handle it. We can handle a bit of grit. But uh, I thought it like loads of people love the gig. Yeah. But I thought I I really wanted to see him do some impressive shit and he was just like there you go there you brushing go. his teeth yeah, yeah it was very yeah. it's it's money for a rope like I was saying but look Grandma's a flash shouted my name three times <laughs> I'm happy he's my man <laughs> yeah okay so our next uh, choice is a bit unusual so uh, okay. the, what we asked you Oshin, um was uh, a tune or uh, that changed the way you saw things will we just play it first maybe we'll just play it or do you want to explain it first um <laughs> Was, is that what you asked me? Is that the, yeah. is, is the what was the full Something question? That inspired you? Inspiring. Okay. Yeah. Yes. That's that was the word that, okay, that changed that triggered or inspired you the most. Yeah. Why don't you play it and then I'll explain. Okay. I'll explain myself Sorry, after. <laughs> So you're ready for the bass drop? Yeah. <laughs> so that is the St. Petersburg Male Choir, and is uh, it is, I think, Chesnikov's Prayer for the Dead. Um, and it's very somber. Yes, it is. So, yeah, w- the question, I suppose, was, you know, a piece of music that inspires me, that kind of makes me kind of rethink things. Um, right. 
um, I listen to this tune, I suppose, uh, a couple of times a month. Just yeah. some, I, sometimes I like to have something that will kind of musically cleanse me, shall we say, you know? Um, you know, we often have moments that are, we have kind of like dark moments. We have moments where we're, we're bored. Uh, we have moments when... Um, we need some kind of uh, pick me up, you know. And you look you look for tunes that'll do that for you. Um, boring people really kind of piss me off, you know. And um, uh, I find them like I, I, I suppose I have boring days. Or I get I get very bored, you know. And I want something that's totally different. I want something that's gonna like you know really just kind of give me a different perspective, give me a different kind of outlook. Um, so quite often I'll play with some Slayer. I used to love. Um, metal when I was a kid you know and then I'll just play something like this you know because you know you have to remind yourself sometimes of, of the beautiful beautiful things that humans can produce you know yeah. and that's an acapella choir and um, choirs when done well you know are actually beautiful beautiful things you know this I know at the end of the day they're, they're not necessarily uh, going to be something that's trending or something that's going to be you know uh, you know a, a headlining a massive music festival who knows you know well, they command Maybe, respect don't they they, they do yeah they do they, so, exactly yeah and this is a particularly good choir these guys are, are, are world renowned and um the the nuances if the more I listen to that you know the more kind of stops me in my tracks actually just you've got goosebumps listening to it there right now yeah. and one of the special things about this particular choir is that they have a basso profundo so a basso profundo for for people who aren't aware is the the deepest and the lowest voice you could possibly have so it starts off with like lurch from from the Adam Sandler that <laughs> guy that, bass. yeah it's an extremely extremely low bass right um so. Having that in a choir is actually uh, a great asset because it means you've got like a turbo bass there, you know, you've got like this really, really like deep, rich sound um, coming from that one singer, you know, and then you can you can actually balance that out then with these other guys who are like near falsettos, or, you know, sopranos, whatever they are in, in a male choir. So, and that particular uh, piece of music is, 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 is kind of a Russian classic. It's a prayer for the dead. The, 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 you know, I actually studied Russian in college and, um, you know, in the Orthodox Church, this would be a, a, a common enough um, recital or, or song that you would hear. And it's about celebrating life and celebrating death at the same time, you know. And the Basso Profundo bit, the reason why I wanted to bring that up is because one of my favorite singers is uh, Paul Robeson, who was uh, an American Basso Profundo. And uh, my father introduced me to to his music, and my uncle Brian, my father's twin brother. And um, one one time, I, this my sorry, my father was it was a Yank, you know, and all my that side of my family are all Yanks, you know. So uh, one time, my 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 uncle Brian was in um, really bad traffic coming from Pennsylvania into New Jersey, and um, there was a guy that was trying to overtake him or do something or other, and they ended up kind of like getting into a really bad traffic argument, blowing the horn at each other, rolling down the windows, throwing obscenities at each other, getting really nasty, as you would do uh, at rush hour traffic in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. And then um, it, they kind of, I suppose, calm down a little bit. And then about 10 or 15 minutes later, they end up right next to each other again in the traffic. Except this time, what, what they had realized was they're both listening to the same song oh. on the radio. And it was Paul Robeson. And it was Danny Boy. And um, what happened was, 
this song was so kind of, I suppose, important and so emotive to my Uncle Brian, he ends up kind of like crying a little bit. And he looked over at the guy that he was just arguing with in the car 15 minutes prior to that. And your man was in the exact same state. Like two of them were just looked at each other behind the wheel, stuck in this gridlock traffic. Oh, amazing. You know, <laughs> mopping tears from their, from their eyes as we're listening to Danny Boy. And, uh, that apparently they just kind of looked at you like that and went, oh yeah, you know, just leave it was, it. Yeah, that we're, little we're moment, cool, you know, cool, yeah, we're grand now, you know, <laughs> so I love Basso Profundos, I love uh, choirs and they're done well, that's why I picked that um, uh, St. Petersburg Mill Choir there and I'd love for you to play a bit of uh, Danny Boy by yeah, Paul Robson. let's Upson. have a little cry. <laughs> The pipes are calling from glen to glen and down the mountainside. The summer's gone and all the roses falling. It's ill, it's ill, must go. But come me back when summer's in the meadow, or when the valley's hushed and wide with snow. It's I'll be there in sunshine or in Here we are, 
Paul Robeson and Danny Boy. <laughs> <laughs> Who wouldn't want to sing like that? Like, I, mean, I think I think I give my left leg to have a voice like that. You know, it'd be so cool. You know, uh, but it's it's such an Irish song. You know, it's you know you you often hear it drunken drunken uh, uh, version of it at a funeral or a wedding or something it's like that. It's almost like a hymn now, isn't it? It's five, almost... five in the morning, you know? Yeah. But what's great about that is that it's, it's this, you know, Paul Robeson, who was, I think it was the, the grandson of a slave um, and uh, he was, you know, a great Renaissance man. He was an amazing actor. He was a great singer, obviously. He was a college football player and uh, he became like this incredible socialist, you know, um, I think communist actually more so. Um and McCarthy, uh, the senator, seized his passport, like, and he, he quite controversial in the end. But uh, he is far from Irish, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's quintessential African American in that sense. But that's that's suppose it, it, it is a lovely version of it. Then in that sense, you know, it's lovely. Yeah. Did you ever hear um, Lisa Hannigan's version of Danny Boy? She actually recorded it for Fargo. Ah, stop! Yeah, no did way. you never hear it? Yeah, I did. They yeah. actually yeah, no, con- they it. actually contacted her and asked her to, to that would would she record it for them. Oh, she right. sing it. It's so it's, and it's so it. beautiful in the show as well. Yeah. I mean, when it comes in in that scene, uh, you're just like, oh, here it is, here it is, here it is. <laughs> oh no way! Uh, it's really good. I'll I'll try and dig it out for you. Oh, second, heard it se- all. second season of Fargo. Second season, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very funny. I it's love Fargo. Fargo. I didn't. I didn't notice it. Did all. you watch Jeez. all of Fargo? I did. Yeah, I loved second it. Season, yeah. You didn't. Uh, I liked it, everything until the aliens. But anyway. It's a good scene, but it's on very low. Like it's on very quietly in the scene. But was, yeah. The most famous version of it is probably Count John McCormick's. You know, he's he was he had the original hit with it. And then there's a brilliant scene in Miller's Crossing with Albert yes. Finney where he's in bed and he gets attacked and he's play, he's listening to Danny Boy and they play the whole song yeah. and then Albert Finney basically machine guns his way out of a, a, a dodgy situation. Such a good film. And they uh, they like doing that little using things yeah, over yeah, and yeah, over yeah, exactly. and using it. Albert Finney was my first crush I think as a kid Daddy Warbucks was my first crush really? isn't that really weird <laughs> I was just like, like that guy that guy's got it all do you like Paul pedophiles do you no definitely <laughs> not but I didn't fancy boys I fancied men it was really weird and then I saw Paul what Newman what was he in that oh, God knows like, yeah, but I was yeah. like yes he's the kind of guy I want to be going on the town with <laughs> I thought I was Annie and he was you know my big Daddy Warbucks <laughs> and then I saw Paul um, I saw Paul Newman I was off school with the flu and my mum showed me Cat Hot Tin Roof and I was like, that's it. He's the one. <laughs> I changed my mind. It's him, it's him, it's him, it's him. You went for the Brit to the Yank. Yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous <laughs> men. Uh, what's up next? Uh, we're going to pick a choice from yourself, actually. Oh, yeah. New music. We're going to go from uh, St. Petersburg to uh, <laughs> Spain. Bar- Barcelona. Bar- yeah, uh, Madrid. Yeah. Uh, so I think that he's from Madrid as well. Madrid, isn't he? yeah. From Catalan. Yeah, he's uh, called Pinal. I, I really like this guy. I like everything he does. Um, Closely associated with John Talabot uh, yeah. originally, but I think now he's kind of doing a few more things that are. Uh, John, John Talabot comes from his remixes, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, and this yeah. is his first sort of um, second solo album. Where he's not, where he's making the music and, and singing and stuff. Yeah, so this is uh, from the EP When Love Hurts. And uh, one of my favourite singers, I'd say, currently in the world, is on this song. Empress of um, yeah, she's she gorgeous amazing. voice. Oh right, yeah. yeah and yeah, yeah. Um, I like he did a track with Kitzer. He did two tracks with Kitzer actually, didn't he? Did he? Two. He did a new Jackson. Um, he um, what's the new Jackson one he did? Anyway, uh, oh, he, you mean remixes? He did a yeah, gorgeous yeah, a remix of Kitzer um, track of a new Jackson track. He um, I like this. I I kind of like that again. I whizzed through the album. I wanted something to jump out at me more, but I think I'm going to like lots more of it. And I love her voice, so I picked yeah. this one. 
Her album last year was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, her name is Empress Alpha. His name is Pinal, and this is The Way You Like It. There's a song from Pinal. It is Pinal, is that how you yep. pronounce it? Yeah. <laughs> Featuring Empress of The Way You Like It uh, from the When Love Hurts EP. Um, yeah, I love that song and I love that singer. Absolutely brilliant. Um, She's a lovely voice. Yeah. Her play to her. 
Now, Ushin, it's your choice now. We're going to talk about Irish music. Um, Brilliant. And you a couple of interesting choices here. Uh, first of all, I'm going to start with a uh, a song. Yes, and indeed. I think my favourite Irish song. There's a very good reason for this as well. Yeah, uh, my favourite Irish song would have to be uh, your, If Your Heart Belonged to Me by Brida Mayock. Uh, Brida is a very good friend of ours. And uh, she sang the song at uh, me and Emma's wedding. Um, so... I mean, I think that in itself probably needs, you know, need, needs no further explanation. But it just so happens that she has the voice of an angel, and the song is beautiful. This is a more recent recording of it. This was done last year uh, out in uh, Breed's Breed and Robbie's house there in Mayo, and they have a studio out there. And Steve Cooney plays guitar in this. Uh, who Steve is an amazing musician, one of the best in the country. Um, so. That's it, really. I mean, it's it's it was our wedding song. She sang it in in the church. Um, we had a great day, and um, uh, were you friends beforehand? Yeah, we were. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, they're they're Brita's old school. She's part of my old school crew, you know. Cool. And um, we had, I you know, we had a, a, a great time at the wedding. And what we did was, um, we looked at a couple of different songs, and um, I just thought, what? Well, well, hang on a minute. At the time, Brita was just doing, I think, her first album. She, you know, she had performed uh, all around the world with lots of other bands and, and different uh, artists like Hector Zazu, people like that, uh, and then singing as well, you know. But she was just recording her first album, and um, we just loved that song. So we were like, "Hang on a minute, this is this is the one. We have to have this in the church, you know." Because we didn't really want a church wedding anyway, you know. We yeah. kind of we didn't really opt for it. My old man was very religious. He really wanted us to get married in a church. Uh, we didn't really want to. I know, yeah. And then um, we decided, okay, if we're going to get married in a church, we're not going to do it in a Catholic church. So we went with an Anglican church in Black Rock and uh, we had Brita sing the song at it. It was beautiful. If your heart belongs Bring it to live by the sea Where every day there'd be sweet air to breathe Great waves to see Sandstorms in the evening Winds whipping dreams across A blanket us in the night You'd see If your heart belonged to me And all the world would come to our shore And all God's gifts would be Your heart belonged to me 
That was a uh, Brida Mayock with uh, "If Your Heart Belonged to Me." Such a great Joyce song. Um, it, thanks again, Brida, for for singing that at our wedding. Yeah. It was beautiful. It's nice when people help you out with wedding stuff. <laughs> it's the only way people can Oshin. get married these hey. days. Oshin helped me I, out. We did. Well. I did. I did. It was actually lovely doing yeah. that. I I, I, I filled your house with Christmas spice for at least a week. You know, I, yeah. I think I I cooked about sixty liters of uh, spiced apple juice in your kitchen. If I'm not mistaken, at it least was. sixty years. Oh, was great. I say that's I say that's stank out your gaff for for at least a week. Oh, it was a ple- very pleasant. <laughs> yeah, very nice, pleasant. It's a nice smell. It's yeah. a nice. Smell. That was a great yeah. fucking wedding. Yeah, that was great was crack. crack. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're going to talk about uh, another uh, an Irish album, actually. Um, yeah, I mean, I, look, you technically you didn't ask me this. You I said like favorite Irish act, favorite Irish song, and I just said, well, what the hell? I may as well throw in favorite Irish album. This is uh, Hegir. It. Uh, and it, not the name of the act is Hegir and the name of the album is Hegir so self-titled and it came out in 2004 if I'm not mistaken and uh, again I was very lucky to have um, seen this fellow play live when I was on the job when I was in the Sugar Club and it was another one of those moments when I was listening to the sound check and I was like oh Jesus this is going to be good you know um, you know. now to be fair I'd already been a fan of his music uh, prior to the show but I stuck around anyway and it was brilliant It was he was a real like he recorded um uh the album himself, he produced it himself, uh uh Simon Schroeder performs on it. Um and um it's I don't know what it is. It's it's for uh, for some reason it's an album that I listen to at least a couple of times a week. Uh it's just I can't get it out of my skin. It's like it's like a part of my identity now. And um so I suppose on that merit alone it has to be my favourite Irish album and there's a particular song that, that does sing out kind of stand out it was I, they, they tried to put it out as a single but I guess it was probably too, little bit, too left field for, for its time um, and it's called uh, Singing in the Drain mm-hmm. and um, Pat Short the comedian Pat Short plays sax in this you know and I remember when he, he actually did a gig in Whelan's then as well and I went along to that and Pat came along actually Pat was playing live um, uh, on stage in Wheelands and that was one of the unbelievables as they were uh, were at their absolute peak it was just one of those random things you know but anyway um, it's it's just a brilliant album I suppose it's yeah. I, I, at the end of the day it's, there's little bits of kind of massive attack in there it's quite dark um, and it's you know he, he does all, a lot of the instrument, instrumentation himself 
Uh, like Simon Schroeder, he'd kind of like have strange bits of samples, like they'd take, throw in some opera and then slow it down. And for its time, it was really, really cutting edge. Like, you know, and I remember thinking, geez, this is, this is so good. It could be coming from London. It could be coming from America, you know, which is a typical kind of Irish, Irish, yeah. Irish inferiority complex. Yeah. Like, this is proper good. Jesus, lads, this is something else, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it, it it's is. It's good for an Irish it film. Is. You know, people say that. Yeah, it's good yeah. for an Irish yeah. film. Oh, they're great for an Irish band, aren't they're they? They're great for Jesus. an Irish band, yeah. You know, which is a real horrible indictment. But we're it all is, guilty yeah. of it, unfortunately. We do. And um, uh, like this album is fantastic. I, I highly recommend uh, people checking it out. You said it's on Spotify. It now, is yeah. on Spotify. Yeah. yeah, the Headgear album is it's, on Spotify. It's so really, really good. If you like, like you what know, you hear, you can you can dig out the album. Yeah. And this is singing in the drain by Headgear. Someone get the doctor. I'm not sure yet what for, but it's one of the big names this time. She'll be coming around the mountain when she comes with her scabby knees and a chewing gum. And she knows just how to read the signs. She's been saying that my skin looks like leather, but never ever have I felt much better. I've been thinking that I'm way under the weather, but never ever have I been much better. Plaster Simon and fix Garfunkel Hold my hip hip hypochondriac While I loosen this old belt I'm worst in the wind without the poison nuts And the Quaker buttons I'm best with firm pressure applied With a clear view into her blue eyes She's been saying that my skin looks like leather But never ever have I felt much better I've been thinking that I'm way under the weather, but never ever have I been much better.
That is Laboom and a song called What They Do. And I picked that because I saw this band at Harwood Class Heroes last week. Um, and they were one of the best things I saw the whole weekend, across the whole weekend. Uh, they played in Tengu, uh, upstairs in Tengu. Um, Laboom are the Dubliner Christy Lynch, uh, Christy Leach, sorry, um, who was based in Brooklyn uh, for a good while. He spent the most of some most of the last summer playing music and DJing in Brooklyn warehouses, apparently, and uh, so that's what he's doing now. And he came home recently, and I saw him uh, play with a drummer called Amy, uh, and they were clearly one of the best things I've seen all weekend. Very different uh, and a real up upbeat and energetic and I really enjoyed it um, so much so that they're going to play uh, the Lumo for his birthday <laughs> on October 22nd alongside Cinema and Claire Beck and ourselves in Tengu as well so it was just uh, yeah there you go not bad for an Irish band yeah. not bad for an Irish yeah. band <laughs> no no just really, probably, nice, really, really nice new, great new band uh, yeah, really and lots of other nice stuff coming from him as well that is Laboom um, so uh, we'll move on um, to Ushin. Okay. To a choice from you, um, <laughs> I, um, I think Sally came up with this question. Do you remember what it was? Oh, a, a, a tune you'd like your children, to, tune that you would like to remind your children of you or your children to associate you with. Yeah, uh, no, I like this question actually because um, I'd say uh, I'd say my kids hate my music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they don't like my food. I cooked them. I cooked a, a, a that looked whop- delicious by the yeah, way. Yeah, I know. I cooked a whopper meal on on Saturday. I was very chuffed myself. Like an eight hour uh, uh, beef cheek cooked in Guinness. So it was like these lovely beef cheeks cooked in Guinness for eight hours. Beautiful stew. I made these beautiful little dumplings, little potato dumplings that I flavored with horseradish and roasted garlic. Well, that, that's and where I, you slipped up, you see, because horseradish. I think is the devil itself. But oh like I was imagine God, a child. No, you, beef, uh, beef and horseradish. Children wouldn't be into horseradish. I remember horse, the smell of horseradish when I was younger. Yeah, it turned oh. your stomach. It'd be like mint jelly. Oh. Well, what happened? Do you remember that mint jelly you used to get when you were a kid? Yeah. Uh, like my mom would Just make like lamb joints and then you'd have the little, uh, the jar of the jar, like, yeah, mint yeah, jelly. Yeah, yeah. Chivers, mint jelly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, they had it. This is the gas thing about kids. They they get they get the dumplings the week before. They're no problem with them. So, um, they didn't like the meal the other day. They, had, they were like eating it with their, you know, with, with the fingers over their nose, oh, yeah. shoveling it into, the, into their gobs. Um, so I know they don't really like my food every now and then. <laughs> I know, I mean, to be fair, I just that there is stuff that I, I cook for them that they do enjoy. But uh, I know they absolutely despise my music. That is, there's no question <laughs> of that. That's like, their job, their girls. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that. and then there will come a day when they actually will kind of cop on to themselves and realize that my music is fucking amazing, and they'll be fighting they so for your record collection. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and uh, every weekend, what I like to do is is try and cook as much as I can to help with the the week, you know, and to uh, to, to you know to, to to give Emma a break. And um, what I have to listen to when I am cooking or just doing stuff around the house is the Ink Spots. The Ink Spots are my all time favorite band ever. Um, uh, I'm not even sure how I was introduced them. Probably from my old man. Probably had my old man and my granddad in America listen to the Ink Spots. Uh, they were like you know a, a four or five piece. Um, Four and five piece, they get different kind of members throughout. A musical group, they would all sing. And you had, uh, um, I think his man's name was Lee Kenny or Michael Kenny. I can't remember. And his surname was Kenny. He was the maid singer. And then uh, he has his voice is quite high. And then there would always be another fella who would come in with a deeper voice. He was like a baritone. And he'd always do like a spoken word bit in the middle of the song. All their songs sound exactly the same. And I suppose... Listen to them. For me, it's like it's like an aural version of um, 
I don't know, like the best whiskey in the world <laughs> coupled with like the best pharmaceuticals on the planet, you know? It's like <laughs> as if you got the two of them and made a cocktail and, and, and I listen to that music, that's what it does for me. It's like, it chills me the fuck out, you know? I love it. And uh, I have like, I only have one CD of theirs. It's kind of pathetic, right? It's like, I've had it for... You don't, you don't want to know anymore. You're like no, this, you want it to be all that, that it's, there is. It's, the, it's their best of. And it's like, it, it's just, there's about a gazillion songs on it because there's just strong, the songs themselves... The, sorry, the songs themselves are quite short. Um, and um, I listen to it all the time. And then when even from just in the office and I need just to chill out a little bit, I'll put on the Ink Spots, you know? And anyway, every weekend I, I, I play the Ink Spots, especially when I'm cooking and I'm faffing about in the house. Um, and I suppose at the end of the day, when my kids do cop on and they realize that their old man had great taste in music, uh, probably when I'm dead, you know, I would like for them to, to at least check out this song because this is just pure class. It is just a fantastic duet. I think my, my favorite duet of all time, and even it's even better than Don't You Want Me Baby, you know, which has you know, got to be in the top 10 for everyone's right. duets. You know? um, this is my all-time favorite duet. It's Ella Fitzgerald and the Ink Spots. It's called... Um, what is it called again? Sorry. I'm it, making believe. I'm making, making believe. believe. There you go. I'm making yeah. believe by Ian Spots and Elephant Charles. I'm making believe that you're in my arms, though I know you're so far away. Making believe. I'm talking to you Wish you could hear what I say And here in the gloom Of my lonely room We're dancing like we used to do Making believe Is just another way of dreaming So till my dreams come true I'll whisper goodnight, turn out the light and kiss my pillow, making believe it's you. I'm making believe that you're in my arms, though I know you're so far away. Making believe I'm talking to you. Wish you could hear what I say And here in the gloom Of my lonely room We're dancing like we used to do Making believe Is just another way of dreaming So till my dreams come true I'll whisper goodnight Turn out the light and kiss my pillow, making believe it's you. Dancing like we used to do 
making believe is just another way of dreaming. So till my dreams come true, I'll whisper good night, turn out the light and kiss my pillow. Making believe it's you. The ink spots on Ella Fitzgerald there with Making Believe, the choice a of Wishing Davis. What a tune. Just beautiful. Sorry, I just woke up there. <laughs> Sorry about that, lads. Where are we? What, what are we at? Well, it's okay. You're going to be woken up. I mean, we, we call we call our podcast Loose Joints and uh, you're, you're going to see why now. I'm going to play a split second of uh, a song. I'm going to explain why in a second. Population explosion. Mountain slums. Right, that one goes out to all the old ravers. That is yeah, 808 state. Uh, in your face is the song. In your face. Yeah. Well, the reason I'm playing this is because uh, there is a new remix of this song. I mean, the song came out in 1991. So having a new remix is kind of... What I like about this is that uh, it's by... Uh, we're going to Belfast for uh, Andy Ferguson and Matt McBriar, a.k.a. Bicep. And these are two lads who have made some serious Whopper dance floor tunes in the last few years. Yeah. You'll know the likes of Just and Higher Level because uh, you probably heard them absolutely everywhere all over the festivals. Um, but this is the newest one that just came out. Um, it is the, a remix of 808 State. Brilliant. And uh, what I like about it is that they kind of just updated that original track in their own style. Please tell also, me they kept the riff, riff anyway. Yeah. Well, you'll hear it now. Okay, you'll hear it now. So this is the Bicep <laughs> remix of 808 State.
is the bicep remix of 808 States in your face. There you go. Very you good. That was updated for that, that could have gone horribly wrong, you know? I mean, I'm. Ink spots. I'm, yeah, I know. Well, no, come on. Like, nobody fucks the ink spots, you know? <laughs> but to be fair, like, there's so many great tunes of that era that could be remixed and done really well. And they've done a really good job with that one. Yeah. And they, yeah. that could have been a total dog's Mickey. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. You know, but let, I, I, let's let's get more acts to do more '90s remixes. I Go was just it. thinking the other day be yeah, because it? there's so many good um, '90s raves tunes that were so amazing, but they sound so shit. But you loved them. I love like you know that one. Um, Touch me in the morning. <laughs> yeah, 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 I still yeah. love that tune, <laughs> but it's such a horrible sound. Like every every single thing that's using it is just disgusting drum if, cheap if, drum machine I'd love an actual take the, like, tune yeah, the heart and soul of the song yeah. and then remix it well in a, in a, in like a, a more heavy, modern really fashion heavy, yeah. really heavy techno bass like really heavy techno beat and some of them amazing. still sound utterly timeless like yeah. I was uh, Hideaway yeah the, that's uh, yeah, fantastic that's, that's that, that long 10 minute, 10 minute remix yeah. by yeah. Deep Dish I think that still sounds like Jason that yeah. could have been made yesterday you know but uh, 808 State like you know that was a brave move fair folks those lads that was very good yeah yep. Well, it just shows you what Bicep are, are like now. They, uh, they're they kind of on a roll, to be honest. Yeah. Good on them. Uh, with all their stuff, every, pretty much uh, non-stop. <laughs> the two lads are just banging out good shows. Cranking them out. Yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, good I read an actually really good book recently called Yeah, 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 The History of Modern Pop. Uh, were to listen, if or were to read if you're actually uh, interested in... Uh, if you have a short attention span, it's good. Okay. But there was a lot of that 90s stuff. It starts in the 1950s and it goes through the charts in the UK mostly. But then it takes each chapter. You might have a chapter on Elvis. You might have a chapter on um, post-punk. You might have a chapter on like early 90s dance music and Wakefield and like the <laughs> Nightcrawlers and all that kind of stuff. Which, you know, you still hear a lot place. of. It has place. It has place. You still hear it a lot now, you know. I mean, yeah. it's coming back. Craig David's coming back. It's come back. back a bit more than you'd I like it to I still can't believe Craig David is, is coming. Uh, hang on a minute. I just read today that Brass's uh, yeah, gig has sold. It's fucking sold out. Like, yeah. like the O2 Arena or some shit. Yeah, two yeah. nights. Sold out. Like, what the play? They had like two or three songs and then they became actors or porn stars or something. I don't know. <laughs> like, what the hell? That's mad. 30 years later? I, nobody's really thought about them since. Nobody. <laughs> I, I forgot. Yeah. I was happy to forget, but I yeah, forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been like those gigs at the picnic where they have... Um, you know, old acts on the electric arena, yeah, yeah, yeah. or not, yeah, electric yeah. Ireland, electric and, Ireland, and everyone it. just goes to have a look, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 see how old they look. Two, two, two unlimited. <laughs> There's Bananarama. Bananarama. <laughs> Let's leave. Did anyone yeah, yeah, go to Bananarama? Yeah. Uh, I know I somebody who went to Bananarama. I know somebody who went. <laughs> uh, I didn't go. Simon Roach. He Did he? And he loved yeah, it. Yeah. Well, they were really hot, and they had some great tunes. Yeah, yeah. I can't really remember. Cruel Summer. Cruel Summer. Cruel Summer was great. Venus was brilliant. That was a that was that was a cover. It's a cover, but you yeah, know, but their yeah, one yeah. was buzzy. That's I mean, how I, loads of loads of young girls knew about that yeah, track. Yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't much of a fan, so I would have liked to see Mark McKay, but I think I know. No, shut up. There's no. <laughs> that, we don't need to talk funny, about that. You know? uh, but Mark McKay was going to have a new career. He's going to he's going to be back. I'll tell you now. Wait, you see, he just he remixed Gavin James very oh, recently, yeah. Good and on uh, getting loads of love on the Spotify. Wow. So, uh, yeah, you never know. Uh, you could be hearing more from Mark McCabe again. So. Well, I think everyone's heard enough, yeah. to be honest, of <laughs> Maniac. I think, like, I, there's a massive surge of people be intimate. Like, I noticed these trends as a DJ for, I don't know how long I'm DJ now, 14 years. And every now and then, there'll be a two-year period <laughs> where somebody comes up to you every night and goes, will you play Toto Africa? And you're like, you didn't even fucking hear, you never even heard that song <laughs> yeah, a couple yeah. of years ago. And we were grown up listening to that song. You don't need to hear it again, you know? And it happened when I, I used to play Tripod 
And two years playing in tripod, at the very end of the night, somebody come up and say, will you play... Um, just a small town girl. What do you call that one? Because yeah, yeah, Sopranos yeah. was out and it was in yeah, the end of Sopranos. A journey, don't yeah. stop leaving. Um, and Mark McCabe's, the last two years, people are coming up going, can you play Maniac 2000? And it's <laughs> like, I actually had to download it for a wedding recently and I, li- I was like, I can't get a good version. There are all these really shit, horrible versions. And then I realised, no, no, the tune's just that shit and horrible. <laughs> like the, 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 um, the, recording. The, the recording of it is so bad. <laughs> it sounds like it was recorded in a nightclub. Yeah, it does. Like, yeah, like they definitely recorded it, it onto a cassette been. and they released that. Yeah. And that's what they re-released. I think, I think those remixes of that era, because Maniac 2000 kind of kicked off a really bad trend in Ireland yeah. of taking like, you know, Irish songs and putting them over kind of pulsating dance rhythms at around 130 yeah. BPM. Like the Fields of Athenry. Yeah. Like all that shit, man. That was just scary, you know? Huge really the, scary. Huge in the Traveller community. They That's their music. That's their, that's their disco. That's their wedding music. That's what their first dance is. Like massive amount, like so. It's horrible nosebleed, trancey stuff with, with idly well, I could, I could see that being used as as a as a theme to get people going in a bare knuckle boxing championship. Maybe, or, maybe that's you know. where it's from. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's where it's yeah, where it's yeah, where it's yeah. used best. <laughs> but Mark McK- to, Maniac 2000 I think should go back in the little box back into the car drive the car around the world and yeah. then off the edge of a cliff hopefully <laughs> no offence yeah. um, alright well we had a tune from uh, Belfast boy said we're going to stay with Belfast yeah, I did uh, yeah, yeah he's, he's a Belfast boy um, I don't know a huge amount about Laura either uh, he's on Hyvern Discs um, those though, that um, Barcelona based label Barcelona right yeah I think well, so yeah, yeah. and uh I I just heard this. I don't know who sent it to me. I can't remember. Um, and I I sort of feel like there's a few people in the world you don't go near, and I think Arthur Russell is one. And it's a really integral, um, respectful um, re-edit of um, walking on. Uh, this is how we walk on the moon. And uh, I just think it's really gorgeous. He gives another. Um, he brings another layer of something to it, and. Um, it's just called Moon, L-O-R, and it's on Hyvern. And I bought it for like nine quid, bought two copies of it for a pal, and uh, I play it all the time. You can only get it on vinyl, I think. Yeah. It's only available on vinyl, and they're and they're unlimited, but it's 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 really good, I yeah. think. Yeah, there's a really good edit. This is L-O-R with Moon.
Beautiful, isn't it? That is lore with Moon. Yeah, very, very stuff. Good. So you said it's only on vinyl, right? I think it's only on vinyl. Yeah, I think so. uh, you can look on Discogs. There might be an MP3. Uh, it's on Highburn anyway. Hibern it's Discs. on Highburn, and I I figured it was only on vinyl because the vinyl didn't come with the download yeah. uh, option, which they usually do now, which is super sound. That is sound, yeah, absolutely. Um, right, our final choice on this uh, Lose Joints podcast goes to you, Oshin. All right, our, okay. As our guest, I thought we're gonna f- we're, so we're not going to finish on a banger then. <laughs> well, no. you don't like bangers, Oshin. <laughs> I fucking love bangers. Uh, essentially, you don't. Well, no, I see. evidently send send us snoozing. <laughs> yeah, Huey um, Lewis in the snooze here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
I don't. Yeah, no, I I do have kind of eclectic tastes, I suppose. But I do a lot of my stuff is very old school. You know, I do. I, it's and my favorite bits are old school. But see, my problem is if if I start if I, if I start selecting dance music, um, that's all I'm gonna hit you with. You know what I mean? So yeah. I decided not to kind of go down that route. I decided not to kind of because I actually believe it or not, spent about two or three years DJing, you know, but with vinyl in the 90s, uh, just with breakbeat in the beginning, like, which we, we didn't even, we just called it, used to call it hardcore. It wasn't yeah. even called breakbeat. And then I slowly got into house um, and then uh, I ended up just giving all my vinyl away and concentrating on promoting and not really DJing. So when I start playing out, when I start listening to dance music again, I get into that dance music vibe, it becomes all encompassing and I don't listen to anything else. I didn't want to do that though. I just, I didn't want to like bore you with my, my 90s Stories and tunes. <laughs> next time, next time. <laughs> yeah, next time. We can do a nineties night. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, what do you want to? What do you want to leave us with? What do you want to say? Ah, uh, a little bit of bat for lashes. Only because uh, she was meant to play the picnic a couple of years ago, and it was she was the main reason why I wanted to go, be there and 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 check out the festival. And she pulled at the last minute, um, and I was kind of depressed for for a couple of weeks. So when I heard she was on the lineup again for this year, I got very excited and I finally got to see her because I haven't never saw her before, you know, and I, I missed some of her, her gigs she's done in, in Vicar Street. And I think she's a brilliant artist. Um, this was like, Sally had asked me to pick two new tunes. And as I said, I kind of struggled to find two new tunes that I liked. And I heard think her album came out in July. So I think technically, is that still new? Still I don't new. know. Is it still? Okay, yeah. Grant, Grant. Yeah. So, um, this year's new. Joe's, you. I think she did Joe's Dream, this song here at the picnic. I was kind of drunk, but I still really enjoyed it, and um, uh, I thought she was, it was an amazing performance. It was actually my favorite gig at, pic- at the picnic. I know everyone else seemed to really enjoy, you know, the likes of LCD Sound System. I'd seen LCD Sound System so many times; they didn't have any new music, so I left their gig. I think it was about ten, fifteen minutes left of their gig, and and I just left because I was like, oh God, I've seen this so many times. Um, so when I saw Baffle Ashes, I was like. This is exactly what I wanted to see. You know, it was, it was my favorite gig at Lecture Picnic this year. And she's brilliant. She's an amazing vocalist, incredible uh, production on all her albums. Her band and night were really tight, you know. Um, and it was just that there was a little bit of electronica, but not much, you know. Um, she wasn't trying to, you know, get everyone kind of banging out. Um, and this song, yeah, I'm sorry, this is not a banger. We just had two <laughs> bangers, and this is so not a banger. In fact, there's probably other tunes we could have picked by her, but that it would have been slightly more banging. But this is not one of them. It's Joe's Dream, uh, which it's is not a prerequisite. P- that particularly we have ethereal a and particularly kind of, um, you know, uh, I suppose for want of a better word, dreamy for her. You know, it's it's a lovely, lovely song. Great. Well, Oshin, thanks for coming in. Well, thanks for having me, lads. Cheers. For myself and Sally. You better bring <laughs> some hooch the next time. Yeah, no yeah, more, yeah. No this is my first time doing a sober broadcast. <laughs> well, it's the last time, time I'm doing a sober broadcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we need, a little mini bar. A little mini bar. Bikini, little Biki- Bikini Island leads a little mini bar, doesn't it? Bikini Island or Turbo Island? Oh, Bikini Island. Yeah, Bikini yeah. Island. The <laughs> studio's and called Bikini Island. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Definitely needs a little. You need to who led this place up for us. I can. I can do a pina colada night. We can do a tiki yes, night. Can. Yes. Tiki. tiki bar. Yeah. Tiki bar and uh, Caribbean music. No. Tiki bar and techno. And tiki Calypso. techno. Tiki techno. That's, <laughs> that's what we could do. We could do a tiki tiki, tiki techno. Tiki halves. I'll bring the rum. <laughs> you bring out the techno. We'll be Time rocking. flies when you're having rum. Am I right? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Okay, we'll be back uh, in the next few weeks uh, with guests unknown and uh, <laughs> Oh, we do time. know, I think. Oh, do we know? Yeah. We won't. Will we tell? 
Do we know for sure? I don't know Jinx. Yeah, Emmett Kirwan's going to be in. Okay. Cool. Cool. From um, from Riot and from old, uh, Dublin Old School. And Emmett's, um, Emmett's just, for, just being a general head around the town who has plenty to say for himself. <laughs> very good. Okay, we'll be back with him. And uh, this is Baffer Lash's choice of Ushie and Davis. Uh, Joe's Dream. Thank you. 
Oh, what does it 